Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, <clears throat> and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above. Sorry, a little froggy in my throat this morning. Oh, it's good to be with all of you this morning, and I hope all of you had a wonderful weekend. And let's take a look at who's checking in early this morning. Sunny smiles, good, sunny, glorious rising to all. Not so sunny or glorious here, at least not from the sky, but at least we're here, right? We're up, we're Adam, we're awake. Thank you so much, Sunny Smiles. And Kathleen Mallory, good morning. I mostly moved into my new home and feeling great about life. I was thinking about you this morning, Kathleen. So thank you so much for letting us know how you're doing. Good morning, Tom. It's good to have you with us this early in the morning. I hope there's good news from the planets today. And uh, Corey, good morning. And M.A. Jules, good morning to you. J.Lo, good morning to you. Corey says she's also feeling positive today. I have a good reason for why everybody's feeling positive or can feel like there is maybe something optimistic happening out there. And that is because this morning at 1.53 a.m. my time, so 4.53 a.m. for those of you in the on the East Coast, the planet Mars, the planet that rules our actions, uh, the forward momentum that we take in our lives, moved into Sagittarius, a sign of luck and fortune, but also a sign that is ruled by Jupiter. So we have the idea of um, restored or renewed optimism and also um, growth and expansion opportunities. So we're going to talk a little bit more about what that means for all of us. Uh, we also have today Mercury moving into the sign of Capricorn. And that's an interesting move that changes up some energy. Uh, and then as well, we have the moon in Aries. The moon in Aries is ruled by Mars. So we have Mars connected with the moon this morning, all of the day today, actually. And then we have Mars in Sagittarius, Mars, the ruling planet of Aries, connected to Jupiter now, the ruling planet of Sagittarius. And then Mercury joining both Venus and Pluto in Capricorn. And that puts Saturn also in play because Saturn is the ruling planet of Capricorn. So we have a lot of like little inroads being made today with the planets. The rest of the week, honestly, is a fairly quiet week. When we get to Friday, we'll be talking about the full moon, which occurs on Saturday in the sign of Gemini. And that will actually be a sort of neat completion, perhaps, uh, or at least a, a period or maybe a semicolon at the end of a sentence that began when the nodes moved into Gemini and Sagittarius. And so now we have a full moon coming up just as the nodes are getting ready to shift once more out of that Gemini-Sagittarius axis and into Taurus and Scorpio. So which we're going to talk more about when we get into tomorrow's webinar because it sets the tone literally for the year ahead. So by the way, let's talk about the Astrology of 2022 webinar tomorrow at 12 noon here on the West Coast, 3 p.m. for those of you on the East Coast. And I think that makes it 7 p.m. for those of you in Europe, uh, or at least in the uh, uh, UTC time zone. If you have not yet purchased your ticket, you can go to my website, www.living-astrology.com, get your ticket. Even if you cannot attend live, you will get the recording of the webinar, as well as the bonuses that are tied to the webinar. So let's get that done. We can, you can actually um, reserve your seat up until about 11 o'clock tomorrow morning, uh, but just an hour before the uh, webinar begins. But why wait? Do it today, right? Uh, okay, so let's take a look at what is happening with the moon today. The moon in Aries ruled by Mars. We already kind of said that. So we have a day perhaps where we have a lot of action verve. Let's call it verve just because I like that word. It sounds good. I'm into V words right now. <laughs> so we have verve today. And what is verve but maybe some excitement, some 
uh, energy of motion, moving, dynamism. So with moon in Aries, our emotions may become a little bit more volatile, maybe a little bit more um, impatient. So we'll have to watch some of that. But for the most part, we have a pretty good day when it comes to the moon in Aries. Now, the moon today will be in a trine to the sun, the sun in Sagittarius, a fellow fire sign. So we have the trine energy between the moon and the sun. And we have a square to Pluto, Pluto in Capricorn, the moon in Aries, and that puts pressure, as we saw all through 2020 and early 2021, the pressure of the squares uh, from Capricorn. And then we have also a square to Venus, Pluto and Venus in a conjunction that happened on Saturday and is still uh, fairly close together. It'll happen again in exact on Christmas Day. So we have um, we have some changes going on there with our relationships and perhaps with how we uh, how we work with one another out in the world. We also have a sextile to Jupiter today from the moon. So we have mostly good contacts from the moon today with a couple of challenging aspects that might stir the pot, particularly if you get emotional about something that's going on within your um, your relationships now that's not just your like one-on-one -on -one personal relationships but your relationship to things in your life uh to the people in your life that you work with the people that you live with the people in your community the people that you hang around with so your friends and your your uh, associates so all of this can be affecting um, the people that you are around today. Now, when we look in the human design, because we are talking astro design here, so we're talking astrology and human design and the gene keys, uh, we're looking at Jupiter, I mean, Jupiter, uh, we're looking at the moon uh, sitting in the gate 51, the gate of shock or awakening. If we want to mellow it out, it comes down to awakening. If we see it for sometimes what it is, a shock, then what we're prepared for today is something that has an awakening effect on us. And the awakening is about an initiation into a higher way of being, uh, an initiation into the spiritual forms of life, an initiation into higher love as 51 connects across the aisle to the gate 25, which is the gate of universal love. And what that does is takes in our human design, that channel, the, the 51 to the 25, takes and seals the breach between the two parts of our heart, right? The part of our heart that's the, the center of our being and who we are, and the other part of the heart that is the home of the ego. So we have uh, the ability perhaps today to seal the breach in some way, to bring those two pieces together especially if you have the 25 in your chart natally. We all have the 25, by the way, so nobody's missing anything. But if you have it open, then there may be a person in your life today that comes in that helps you to see yourself in more loving terms or see the world more lovingly. If you have the 25 defined, but the 51 is open, meaning the 25 hangs, then today the moon is conjunct is going to complete that channel with the 25 and you end up with um, an awakening of some sorts as well but it might be through a shock or something that someone says that you wakes you up or uh, some kind of revelation so in in the in the mainstream this is a good energy but it's sometimes depending on how your own chart is set up depending on what is going on in the astrology part of your chart it can be a little disconcerting but again, this is energy that's designed to wake us up, to move us more to becoming one, one within ourselves, but also one within the society that we live in. Later in the day, the moon will move to the gate 42. And uh, I love this one in human design because we call it the gate of celebration. And it is also called the gate of increase. It is a gate where we really learn the rules about what goes around comes around. So what are we putting out is what we're getting back. 
and it tells us then that if you don't like what you see in the outer world or you don't like what is happening to you or with your family or in your life, then maybe you need to change how you're giving of yourself in the world. So that happens a little bit later on in the day today. Now, Aries energy is really about boldness, right? It's a fire sign. It's a fire sign, and that means there's initiative, there's initiation energy, there is the potential for passion, and that passion moving outward, right? This isn't moving inward necessarily, it's meant to move outward. If it's moving inward, it can become a little more difficult, but if we're moving the energy outward, right, we're extending ourselves outward, in this case, boldly with perhaps a new beginning, right, a new beginning of something, uh, or an initiating experience, something that happens that wakes you up, something that happens that opens a pathway, a doorway, or a door or a window, kind of like an eclipse might. Um, but this is a different one. This is about uh, approaching life, perhaps in a new way, approaching your relationships in a new way, approaching the things you do or what you do, how you do what you do in a new way. So taking bold steps, right? Aries energy is bold. This is a sign that rules the self. And because the moon is what's here, it, there could be a lot of emotions caught up in the physical body that can lead to issues around survival, right? If you are in your physical body, if you're holding on to fear somewhere, the fear that you won't survive something or the fear that you can't do something or that you're not enough or that you will fail or any number of, of the, the worries or fears that can come up, the body is showing you where that's located. Sometimes we're feeling it in our stomach. Sometimes we're feeling it in our spines, right? Our spines get keyed up or tension in our shoulders, in our neck muscles. And because it's the sign of Aries and it rules the physical body, the actual part of the body is the head, right? So the brain, the head, headaches, the eyes. So everything to do with the face, everything to do with the brain in terms of dizziness or the headachey or the uh, the uh, brain fog or your brain catching fire, right? And taking you somewhere new. So your body showing you where you might have some issues that you need to take care of or, or where you need to become more assertive, more able to push yourself. Push is a tricky word. So be careful with that one to put yourself out into the world in alignment with your passions and with what you want to do, who you want to be. There's also an innocence around Aries energy. It is the first sign of the Zodiac. It's youthful. It's youthful and so forth. And it is innocent. There's an, a, um, an authenticity in Aries energy when, when we are expressing our youthful exuberance, when we choose to, to connect to the child within, the excitement of the child within, the curiosity of the child within, the ability of the child within to try new things, right? To do something that is perhaps innovative, something that's not tried and true, but something that's new and maybe a, just a tad bit risky, right? Putting yourself out there in a new way. There is impulsiveness here. This is impulsive energy. Now, I'm not a, a fan of impulsive energy, right? That to me sounds a lot like reaction. But when we're in response, when we're when we're doing things that uh, are in response to opportunities that are showing up in our outer world, then we have the path of action as opposed to just that impulsive nature. So it can serve us or it can undermine us depending on how we choose to use it. And it's not just you all that I'm, you know, thinking about as well. I mean, I'm thinking about the people out there who don't have a clue about astrology. Now, it's interesting how much more of the world is becoming more aware and more interested in astrology. This is totally an aside, but I had a lot of charts to do this weekend, and I was noticing the birth dates were all in the early 2000s. So we're talking 17, 18, 19, 20-year-olds, right, that are getting really fascinated by astrology. And it's amazing to me because just maybe five years ago, it was the people that were in the 80s. Uh, the 90s are also being represented right now. 
So it's amazing to me how across the demographics of age, there's this wide interest in astrology. And I wonder if that isn't because of the need to find answers about what the craziness of our lives is all about. Some of you who follow my own personal uh, Facebook might have seen that I posted this weekend about Isaiah Taylor, one of my sons, my son Brian, who passed away in July, one of his best friends, whom I last saw at Brian's celebration of life, passed away on Friday, unexpectedly, tragically. I don't know what that means. I don't know if it was a suicide, an accident, a drug overdose. I'm kind of left floundering because I don't know exactly what it was that took his life, but it doesn't matter, right? It's those kinds of things that come in and cause us to that shock, right? That causes that reaction. And it was a tough one for all of us in my family because we've just, we're still dealing with Brian's death. So we had a tough day. It was a tough day. And I'm wondering if a lot of the younger, younger people, the people that were born in the 90s, the people that were born in the early 2000s are feeling the, the crunch, right, of the, the weight of the things that have been happening in our world, the weight of the things that are happening to their friends and to their families at this particular uh, uh, point in, in our evolution. So we have then a day like today that comes along where maybe we're searching, we're hunting for those answers. And one way that we can um, work with this is to be able to put ourselves out there into the world. And when we have the moon in Aries, we have all of the beautiful self energies, right? The self-direction, the self-reliance and self-discovery and self-sufficiency. There's a real independent streak here. But this independence is also uh, putting uh, the pressure on us to understand how we are all together in this. So while one family is experiencing a tragic loss, the effects blossom out to all of the people who've experienced loss, to all the people who have in some way been a part of a loss in somebody else's family. So we have all of these different connections. And when we when we look at independence in Aries, th that's great. Independence is 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 sort of the the thing that gets us out into the world to live our lives. But we also have to look at the interdependence of it all. And remember, right now, Chiron is also in Aries. And that means that yesterday, this the moon in Aries moved across Chiron and triggered that how we are all connected, how the interdependence of us all. And I just want to point out, we talk a lot about the axis energies. So when we're talking about the moon in Aries, we have to also bring in some of the Libra qualities because Libra is the exact opposite. And one of the things that we can see is a theme of independence that runs between the two signs, that runs between Aries and Libra where in Libra, it can lead to codependence, right? A lack of being independent can lead to codependence. And in Aries, on the one hand, the independence can lead to that, that feeling of I'm an island and, and uh, I have to you know take care of myself and there's nobody I can get help from uh, and becoming insulated from your fellow human beings an axis, right? We can see it in play. And I love it when we have opportunities like that to be able to see that. Um, the warrior nature comes up with Aries. Mars rules it. Mars is the warrior, right? The archetype of the masculine warrior is what Mars represents. And in that we have courage, we have leadership, we have strength, we have the potential for competition. <laughs> we have the explorer energy. We're going to see that more uh, palpably in the next uh, few weeks as Mars now in Sagittarius also uh, starts to trigger the explorer adventurer motif in Sagittarius. Fire signs, right? They hold this energy of moving beyond, initiating, uh, starting something new, exploring, adventuring, moving beyond the limits that we found ourselves in. Uh, so we also have, when we talk about any sign, the possibility of the more negative side of the sign, self-absorption for Aries energy, where we can get into selfishness as opposed to 
self-centeredness where we're self-centered and we are able then to give to others from our strength selfishness is drawing energy away from other people for your personal strength so we have a, a huge difference between those two words even though we use them a lot in our conversations in the same way so i want everybody to understand being self-centered is the right road for this energy being selfish is not right self-centered says i'm i'm strengthening myself i'm bringing myself um, leadership energy i'm imbuing myself with strength or courage bravery um, an adventuresome spirit so that i am then available to give to others to help strengthen others to help give to others where the other side, the selfish side is I'm going to steal your fire, right? I'm going to steal your fire and then I'm going to use it for my own selfish means or my own um, uh, maybe vain reasons. So big difference, right? Big difference. Um, anger, another possibility of the negative expression here, the volatile type of anger, the impulsive energy, right? Where you piss me off and I reach out and I slap you one or I punch you one not good energy that way right so we want to make sure that we're always breathing we're taking a breath calming ourselves before we respond right we don't want to react we want to respond and impatience also a big huge issue with a lot of fire energy popping up in our fields and i already said in the body we're ruling the eyes uh the moon rules the eyes here with aries energy headaches the, the brain the scalp the face uh, and everything that goes on that's possible with the brain, brain fog, dizziness, and even, you know, some of the harder uh, brain diseases if Aries is really upset in someone's chart. The correlation is there, not the, not the actual reason why something is happening. Um, okay, so uh, any questions? Let me go back a little bit and say good morning to people that I missed earlier. Good morning, Michelle Gay. Good. Good to see you. Pauline Solia, good morning. Sun in Sag, Moon in Cap. Natalie, aha. So we have the Sun in Sag now. Now we have Mars in Sag. So we have some powerful fire energy erupting, if you will, out there in our uh, fields. So the potential for some really cool stuff if you can harness it and use it for your good. Uh, let's see here. What else is going on? Pia and Cullen soon. Yep, on uh, Friday, we'll have Pia and Cullen with us. And uh, let's see, Christine Buckingham, good morning to you. Kathleen Mallory says, my natal moon is in Aries. So you've had a moon return, if you will. We all have a moon return once a month, right? And that's a time when the moon in transit comes back to where you have the moon located. It gives you a bump in your emotional energy. It can also... Uh, bring up the next emotional thing that you need to work through. Um, it can also be a timing aspect, right? A, a timing for a new beginning for you. Carol Grojean, good morning. She says, OMG, what happened this weekend? I had the most unreal dreams and visits and experiences. That would likely be because of Venus conjunct Pluto in Capricorn. And we also had the moon in Pisces on Friday and Saturday. So the moon in Pisces ruling the dreams and the imaginal realm, the astro realm. Uh, Debbie Tibbetts Tumio, good morning. Ursula, good to see you and have you with us. Carol, wow, yes, two nights of dreams are in a spiritual retreat, one in a spiritual retreat and one council of monks for initiation another night. Suffice to say, I woke up twice with light emanating from me. I was super freaked out. I love that though, Carol, that's great. Uh, and very dizzy last night, likely the changing of the energy from one sign to another. The, um, you know, the sort of parade of signs, right? The moon leaving Pisces and moving into Aries can, any, any planets moving signs, changing signs can leave us with the feeling of, you know, the dropping off the cliff or the, the rug being pulled out from underneath us. And today, on top of that, we have Mercury and Mars both changing signs. So we had the moon yesterday changing signs. Now we have Mercury. Uh, well, we already have Mars that's moved into Sagittarius early this morning. A little bit later this morning, Mercury moving into Capricorn. And then toward the end of the month, Jupiter, the largest planet in our solar system, changing signs. 
moving out of uh, the sign of um, Aquarius, where he's been for, gosh, off and on now for oh, just about a year and into the sign of Pisces. So we have big movement going on, leading us in a direction. And uh, we're going to talk a bit about what each of those two planets, Mercury and Mars changing signs has to do with how we're feeling today. Sylvester, grand rising, great to see you, sending love and positive vibes. So my Mercury is in Capricorn. I want you all to have a wonderful day. Wonderful. Um, so you're having a Mercury return, which we all do because wherever Mercury is in your personal chart, usually with a, one time a year, um, you're going to have Mercury coming back and starting a new round of mind and communication work uh, with you based on the sign that your own natal Mercury is in. So this is always happening in our charts. It's good to know right? That you're starting something new. So when we talk about what Mercury and Capricorn is about, maybe you'll have some, um, some understanding about what more is possible for you uh, for these next few weeks. Kathleen Mallory says, sounds amazing, Carol. I think so too. Uh, Christine Buckingham. Oh, that's just tragic condolences. I, I, I just want to know what is going on. Both boys, 29 years old at their death. What is it? right? What is going on? I don't know. I mean, I, I'm sure, I, I mean, we, we are sort of, we hear about death all the time, especially with COVID over the last, you know, months and years, couple of years now. And, you know, we're used to death, our elders were, you know, we're prepared for our parents to pass, we're prepared for our uh, older siblings, perhaps, or, you know, those kinds of things we're prepared for. What I think really is striking about what's going on right now is the youth leaving the planet. I feel like that scene in MIB, Men in Black, where they're they're all asking themselves, why is everybody leaving? What do they know that we don't know? I kind of feel like that. Do you, <laughs> I mean, is there something that's going on that somehow I haven't been privy to <laughs> that I should know about? Um because it just seems like so much is going on in that respect. And it, it's, it boggles the mind, which tells us one thing, we have to get out of our minds. We cannot be there. We can be in our hearts. Uh, we can be in our souls. Um, but I, I wish I had those answers. I, I wish I knew what to say to people at this point with that number of things going on. I wish I knew what to say to my own family who's devastated that there's another loss. It's just... Ah, it's remarkable, but also we must have known that when we came to this planet. I, I just don't know why I would have chosen this, but oh, okay. <laughs> uh, JLo, yes, it took a long time for this Libra moon to control her hands with outsiders. Awesome, but you learned that lesson. Michelle Gay, good. My Aries daughter had some fiery reactions that led her to chose to leave her backpack in the car. We'll see how that works for her at school today. I don't want to be the one picking her up. <laughs> but again, this is a part of her gaining response ability, right? We all have to be able to learn to be response able. Uh, Sunny smiles. Kathleen, congratulations for being in a new home. I can't wait until I can be in the same position. JLo has Chiron at 24 degrees in the 11th in Aries with Jupiter eight degrees there. I went to bed after 4 a.m. I woke up at 4 a.m. and then didn't go back to sleep. Uh, Debbie Tippett's two meal Friday was weird. My son was very grouchy, took it out on me. I lost a diamond earring and those horrible tornadoes, wild energy and lots of dreaming. It is crazy. It is crazy right now. And uh, I can't remember what sign Arthur is, but maybe he was being triggered by something in his own chart. And uh, uh, Pauline says, yes, some are leaving for the new earth. Uh, Sylvester, I'm about to start a new journey with my family. I'm excited. This journey may have challenges, but there will be much love brought on this journey. I love that. Good morning, Susie Gemini. Good morning, Karen Devine. Uh, Karen says, the energies are really well over the top for everyone around me. Lots of trauma. Yes, I can totally see where that's coming from. So let's, I, I wish I had a plan for how we live with trauma. Um, <clears throat> I think it's not something that we can plan for. 
I think when it happens, we do the best we can in the moment. And we remember that everything has a purpose that even though it seems random that these young people die or take their lives or uh, that things happen that seem chaotic and ridiculous or um, nature even showing us that with tornadoes, which I, I don't remember this many tornadoes in December. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't remember hearing about that. That seems like a springtime thing. Um, you know, so we have a lot of chaos around us and what do we do with that? And I think the biggest lesson in all of that for all of us is that we come within, we go inside where it's peaceful. We go inside to our inner uh, self where we can join up to the quiet, right? Where we can join up to the spiritual and do our best every day to show up with as much love and understanding and accepting and tolerance and compassion and empathy as we possibly can, right? That That's really all we can do. And <clears throat> don't forget that there is... Um, even though these things trigger big emotions, there is something to be said about releasing all of this emotion that we have felt, especially because we've been fatigued by the outer world. So much happening. If you just take a look at the last few years, how much has happened and um, how the fatigue that has set in as, you know, it seems like we're just being ragdolled from one big thing to another. And in that, then we hardly have time to process the first thing that happened, much less the succession of things that have happened. So it really is pushing us to our more divine selves, to our more inner uh, selves. So we have that. Now let's take a look at why some of us are feeling more optimistic this morning, why the bigger picture ahead looks brighter, and that in no small part is because of Mars moving into Sagittarius. It shifts our motivation, our excitement from the more intense, emotional, baggage-oriented Scorpio energy that it's been in, and uh, emotionally intense energy that it's been in, into Sagittarius's more um, adventuring and exploring and let's get moving kind of energy, right? The fiery energy. We go from deep water into fire and the fire of action that's pushing outward toward um, the, uh, the, the wilderness, if you will. And indeed, there's a bit of a wildness to this setup. It stimulates the wild child, if you will, within each one of us or the part of us the part of us that hasn't been given the ability to play the wild card, right? So looking at the next six weeks from December 13th to January 24th, when Mars will move out of Sag and into Capricorn, we have this little bit of a wildness that's coming up and it needs to be greeted. It needs to be made uh, comfortable in the archetype of who you are. And partly, I mean, like, I'm going to do that when I go to Disneyland. I'm going to be like a child, like a kid, and I'm going to relive all my childhood memories of Disney. I'm going to have a great time. I'm going to live it through my grandchildren's eyes. I'm going to live it through my children's eyes. And that, to me, feels like something we could all use right now, right? Going back to the things that made us happy, that caused us to feel excited about life. Uh, when we were younger. So stimulating that wild child, what is it that you can do that that feels um, more alive and uh, more expressive? Um, Mars is now in Jupiter territory. So there's an expansion quality, an expansive quality, taking expansive action now, excitedness, optimism that wants to move forward. Moving through territory though, uh, right now, Mars is going through where the South Node has been. So the South Node has moved through from the 30th degree of Sagittarius backwards through to the zero degree. It's not quite to zero degrees. In fact, the South Node today in Sagittarius is at, well, let's see, one degree. So Mars is about to conjunct the South Node. And that means it's moving through territory where we've been experiencing a bit of a completion where where we are coming to terms with some karma even collectively and the collective karma in Sagittarius has been about our beliefs about 
uh, our philosophies, our, our dogmas and our self-righteousness and the things that we've held on to that weren't open and um, inclusive, but where we've been really rather focused on the exclusivity factor. So with Mars moving now through the territory where uh, that South Node has been, we may find that we're coming to a closure somewhere with something in the Sagittarius part of our charts. So here's where it's good to have your own chart in front of you. What house is Sagittarius sitting in? It's going to tell you where things are coming to maybe that completion or that closure of whatever Sagittarian issues had been being brought up for you over the last 18 to 20 months. And then what we can do now is choose to take new action, move in a new direction, choose to be different, choose to be more inclusive, more uh, looking at the broader picture, right? We have an enthusiasm and maybe a new willingness to try the new, right? To try something different, to get out of that Plutoan psychosis that we've been in, doing the same things and expecting new results the very definition of insanity, and we can try something new. We can try an innovative approach. Susie Gemini says this is happening in her third house. So this is a mind function for you, Miss Susie. This is a communication function. This is about what you're learning and what you're teaching. This is about your neighborhood and how you are living within your community, how you're sharing of yourself in your community. So Mars for the next six weeks is giving us a, an eye to the future, but at the same time, helping us to close down the karma of the last 18 months while the South Node's been transiting through here. Now, remember, if the South Node is transiting through Sagittarius, the North Node is completing its, its uh, transit through Gemini as an axis, right? So that means today, the North Node, what, what we're learning, what, what direction we're going in, which was, remember, the energy of possibilities, of curiosity, of ideas, unbound. Let's throw them all out there and see what sticks, <laughs> what, what more is possible, right? That's what the Gemini North Node was taking us. If we jump out of our dogmas, we jump out of our self-righteousness, we jump out of our ingrained philosophies then we can see what more is possible if we open up our minds, we open up our hearts, we open up our emotions. And that's been the biggest lessons, right? So we have that also being triggered today and tomorrow and probably the next day as well. And I, I think that's a really good aspect to have, right? That, that we're looking at something that's brighter than where we've been. But in that, we also have to be able to square with what has been right? We can't just like sweep it under the rug and move on. We have to be able to square with it, to complete with it, to um, take responsibility for what it has brought, what it has been, and um, move on, right? Move on. Uh, Ursula, fourth house Sagittarius. Oh my gosh. Well, you're dealing with family issues there, right? Traditions, families, roots, having to look at the consequences of your uh, lineage, right? The consequences of the lineage, taking responsibility for your part that you've played in that lineage. But then also the, the most beautiful part of this is the choice of what comes next, right? I can't change the past. I can't change other people's minds about the past, but I can change me, right? I can move on. I can live from the heart. I can let my heart lead. So there's the fourth house there. Um, thank you, JLo, for that reminder. Please, if you're sitting there in YouTube this morning and you are liking the video, please hit the thumbs up button. Please subscribe if you haven't done that yet. And also hit the share, right? The little arrow, share this with your friends, your family, your networks. If you are in Facebook listening to me this morning, please hit the like button. And the same thing, you can share. You can share the broadcast uh, during the broadcast, but you can also do it afterwards. Share it with your friends. Thank you very much for that reminder, J-Lo. Uh, let's see, Amanda J, does Mars changing signs cause accidents and disruption? It can. It can absolutely do that. I'll tell you why, because Mars holds a lot of that pushing out energy. He's a warrior, right? So he's got a lot of dynamic 
motion energy, assertion, and sometimes even aggression. And um, Mars in, in Aries, but also Aries energy, but also Mars on his own, rules metal. And what's metal are cars, right? <laughs> what's metal? Knives. What's metal? Guns. So uh, the fact that we might even have accidents with knives or guns or cars uh, is high if we're not grounded and paying attention, right? So we have that to watch out for. Tripping over things, right? That your eyes focus too far out in front of you. You don't see the box that's right at your feet and you trip over it. Also a part of that. So there is that potential, uh, but it doesn't have to be that way, right? It does not have to be that way. Would it sound, would it sound weird? Seventh house Sagittarius with a spiritual 10th house of evolution Sagittarius. Wait, seventh house Sag with a spiritual 10th house evolution Sag. I'm not sure what you mean by that, but no, that doesn't sound weird. It sounds like maybe a part of your evolution has to do with learning about how to be in relationships, how to use the mirror of the seventh house to, um, personally evolve, right? Remember the seventh house is our relationships, our closest relationships, but it also acts as a mirror to the first house, the first house of you. So what you see when you look at who you are in relationship with is the mirror of your own self, right? The mirror. And what do I see in the mirror? I might see judgment. I might see irritation with that person. I might see all kinds of more negative aspects, but I can't blame, shame, or make that person responsible for it. That means I need to look at me and where am I holding that? And what's my, um, what is that mirror trying to help me uh, work through in my own life? So our relationships are, are often, uh, thanks, JLo, um, uh, our relationships are often the mirror to the things that we need to work on, or they're the mirror to the awesomeness that you are. Right. When you look at someone and you're like, God, I'm so in love with you. You're so awesome. I love what you do. I love what you say. It's a mirror of you as well. Right. So you could turn, you could stand in the mirror. I love you. I love what you say. I love what you do because that's what you're seeing. It's pretty funny to look at it that way. Uh, but thank you, JLo, for sending me a picture of what you mean. Eighth house Sagittarius. So there's uh, the eighth house has a lot to do with our um, taboos things we don't talk about, um, the things that we sweep under the rug that we just, you know, don't want to look at. It's also a house of death and rebirth. So we have the whole opportunity to transform something here. So transforming your beliefs, transforming your sacred cows, if you will, um, maybe taking a moral high ground, a, a, a higher perspective philosophy where I can stand up here like the eagle at the top of a tree and see from a broader perspective, what's going on instead of my more limited human self that I only can see with my eyes um, and refuse to sense with every other sense what's going on around me. So it's an invitation to expand your awareness, your consciousness, uh, and to transform any places where you've gotten caught up or stuck in old dogmas, old patterns, old beliefs, or old philosophies. Uh, or where you hold judgments on philosophies or beliefs that other people have, right? That's that's also a part of that. Good morning, Kamal. It's good to have you with us this morning. Uh, okay, so um, looking to see if I missed any other comments. Let's talk about Mercury into Capricorn because uh, Mercury is an inner planet. Mars is as well. Mars is an inner planet. He guides our actions, our personal actions, right? So we, we can see that. Mercury rules our minds and our communication. And also the, um, the restlessness that we have where we can take action, uh, not necessarily in a positive way sometimes, but uh, certainly where we can take um, sometimes acting on our thoughts, preemptively without really considering the impact. But now, as Mercury is moving out of the sign of Sagittarius and into the sign, Sagittarius and, and Mercury go hand in hand, right? There's a lot of quick thinking and uh, uh, the, the planet Mercury it really enjoys more of the Sagittarius uh, flair uh, because of the nature of the action that 
Mercury can take that restless energy finds an outlet um, through, you know, maybe looking at philosophies, reading books or expanding its um, knowledge base. But now when Mercury gets to Capricorn, it takes on a whole different view, right? The view in Capricorn is about the practical working mind, right? We go into an earth sign from fire. So we go from the fire of Sagittarius to the earth of Capricorn. And maybe that means that now we have from December 13th to January 1st, where Mercury supports our planning for what comes next, right? What's the plan for 2022? It's funny because my mind had naturally been going there, but I've got so many other things going on. I haven't been, I haven't had time to really sit and consider, well, what do I want to do next? Um, do I want to continue doing what I'm doing or do I want to go in a new direction? Um, so we have that opportunity now for these next few weeks to be able to get the practical, the down to earth, the setting of goals, of uh, long range goals, right? Capricorn looks at the long range. Mercury is now going to be in Saturn's territory and Saturn looks at the long, the, the long uh, view, takes the long view. Uh, so our long range goals, maybe for the year ahead, maybe for the next five years, maybe for the next 10 years. I don't, I don't have any designs on how far ahead I want to plan. Everything seems so chaotic. I'm not sure I can plan for much more than maybe a month or two at a time. But here we have the opportunity to at least say, these are my longer range goals, dreams. Then we have with Mercury here, the opportunity to build uh, or to formulate the plans that are going to build the foundation, right? The structure of what it is that we want to do as we go forward. We get to ground our dreams into reality with Mercury and Capricorn. The vision created for us or that we created while Mercury was moving through Sagittarius now finds its home, right? In this Capricorn energy. Now we get to ground it in. Mercury moves fast. Capricorn does not. So we now have a fast planet that has to slow its roll moving through Capricorn. So we can choose ourselves, right, to slow things down, to be more deliberate, more planning in our steps, right? That uh, earth sign energy appreciates the plan, right? Loves to work the plan. And because the, of the more conservative nature of Capricorn energy, we have uh, the time of uh, the opportunity to do a check-in or a checkup. Where are you wasting resources, your time, your energy, your money? And what do I want to do to plug the leaks? How can I become more preservative and more conservative, right? And I'm not talking conservative as a political movement. This is more conservative as how can I create something that has a sustainability factor in it that can stand the test of time, time, Saturn, Capricorn, now Mercury, right? So what is going to stand the test of time? And what do I need to do in order to build something that will withstand time? Okay. So, uh, and note that, you know, Mercury takes, is more of the mind that gets restless and it's dynamic, right? So we might have to be more prepared to slow things down in, and maybe, maybe journaling is a good idea. Uh, as ideas pop in that you can just write them and then go back to them later as a part of the planning. Um, it's possible that your mind is restless and doesn't want to sit and think and just starts to throw a bunch of spaghetti out there uh, at the walls. So uh, be more deliberate, right? Take your time to consider. Use the mind in a more deliberate fashion rather than in a more scattered or uh, less than systemic way, right? Systematic way. Questions about that? Go ahead and put that in the uh, chat. Asa, hello. It's good to see you with us this morning. And don't forget now, Mercury is also going to pass by Venus and um, Pluto during this transit. And we'll enter later in his transit, we're going to enter into the shadow zone of his next retrograde. He turns retrograde on January 14th in Aquarius, but we'll backtrack 
back to about 24 degrees of Capricorn. So it behooves us to pay attention to what's going on right now with Mercury, uh, Mercury's move into Capricorn, because we're going to relive some of it. We're going to relive some of it as we get closer to January or when we get into uh, the retrograde, which will be in January, January 14th. Um, but again, that happens at Aquarius, but he moves backwards into Capricorn. So this year, last year, or in 2021, all of Mercury's retrogrades were held within air signs. This year, what we're doing is we're taking the ideas and the um, the aha moments, uh, possibility thinking in the air signs, and we're moving them backward into earth signs. And that means that what we're doing is taking a practical approach to setting up our ideas in the world. That's just a little aside for uh, what's going on for 2022. All right. Now, um, if you have questions, go ahead and put those in there and I'll take a look at that uh, in a moment. So on Friday, on Friday, I wanted to talk to you about sextiles and semi-sextiles. And I wanted to talk to you about those because they take a, a, an almost larger than life um, view for the year ahead in that as we get further into 2022, all of the, the outer planets align themselves in a semi-sextile to one another. So we'll have, for example, we have Neptune and Pisces. We'll have, well, let's go back even further. We'll have Uranus and Taurus. Then we'll have Jupiter in Aries. This will be in April. And then we will have Neptune in Pisces. And then we'll have Saturn in Aquarius. So we have from, a, and we'll have Pluto in Capricorn. So we'll have Capricorn, <laughs> Aquarius, <laughs> Pisces, and then Aries and Taurus all in a row with planets in them and longer journeying planets. Uh, the only one that will only be there for a short time will be Jupiter in Aries. And that sets us up for these planets, not only to be in a semi-sextile or 30 degree relationship with one another, but also a sextile with uh, some of them. <laughs> so we have, if we can interpret what are those things mean? What does it mean to be to have a semi-sextile? What does it mean to have a sextile? Then maybe we can get a read on uh, what's going to be necessary for us to move forward into uh, in our own personal lives, but also to move forward in 2022. So the semi-sextile, here's the symbol of the semi-sextile, if you can see that. It looks like a, a K laying on its back. So if you're looking at your own chart and you see that, that's a symbol of a semi-sextile. And what it means is that planets are in neighboring signs. So if you have the sun semi-sextile the moon, it might mean that the moon, maybe your sun is in Gemini, but the, the moon is in Cancer or the moon is uh, in Taurus, right? They're in neighboring signs. And often neighbor, well, first of all, neighboring signs don't get each other very easily, right? They're in different um, elements and they're in different qualities, qualities meaning air, fire, or elements meaning air, fire, earth, or water, um, but qualities meaning cardinal, fixed, or mutable. And so neighboring signs, they are in totally different elements and they're in totally different modes. So for example, Aries, fire, and cardinal, taking the first steps, right? Initiating energy. Taurus is earth and is fixed, right? So we have totally different qualities between the two signs. So how do they get along? How is Uranus and Taurus meant to work with Jupiter that will be in Aries? And that semi-sextile shows the way, right? The consecutive signs, they can work constructively together if and only if they learn to cooperate, to use the best qualities of each sign. Thus, one of the big themes that we'll look at in 2022 is going to be the theme of cooperation. We're going to see that it's not going to be so easy for people to move in these various directions to pull like the push me pull you in opposite directions that we're going to have to find this middle way. We're going to have to find a pathway of cooperation. Now, the planet in the sign preceding the sextile semi sextile to the one next to it paves the way, as it were, 
uh, for the following one. So if we have Jupiter in Aries and Uranus in Taurus, which we will, then Jupiter in Aries is paving the way for the next steps for Uranus and Taurus. And what does that mean? Well, Jupiter, we just spent a good deal of time this morning talking about Aries, right? About an initiation, about a new beginning, about um, moving the physical self forward, about innocence, about independence, right? We did a lot of talking about that. Jupiter's going to magnify those qualities, but applying them to Uranus and Taurus, which is changing our economy, changing our values, changing the banking system, changing our ideas of what it is to be worthy or self-worth, self-esteem. So we have these two planets needing to cooperate, finding a new path forward, but also how do we change things that tend to not change very easily, right? I mean, think about the economy is, you know, it's not an easy thing to change, to turn it around and move it in a different direction. It takes time, it takes effort, it takes cooperation. Now multiply that again, because then we also have Neptune in Pisces that is going to be pressuring Jupiter in Aries, the preceding planet paving the way for the next one. So maybe adopting a more spiritual ideal, a spiritual way of being in the world of working with one another to enable Jupiter and Aries to initiate new territory. So the semi-sextile paving the way and what's needed, what's necessary is the cooperative piece, right? The collaborative mind, the, um, the ability for us to come together, even if we are from differing sides of the aisle or we have completely different ideologies, we have to come together in order to cooperate. Now, the sextile. So the sextiles skip a sign. So uh, Pisces is sextile to Taurus right? So Neptune and Pisces will be sextile to Uranus and Taurus. And the sextile is a much more exciting sort of potential. It has ease associated with it because it's a 60 degree relationship within it. And that angle is harmonious. We call it har harmonious. They're in complementary um, elements, right? So we'll have Neptune in water with Taurus uh, fire or Taurus earth. So we have fire and air, uh, water and earth. Those are complementary elements and they work well together. And um, so what we have as a potential, we might have a challenge before us, a challenge to take action or a challenge to act on something, a problem, a challenge, an opportunity, right? But the sextile is giving us the opportunity to learn and expand our horizons without the tension of the semi-sextile, right? So when we naturally go with the flow of cooperation, collaboration, teamwork, synarchy, then we have a better opportunity of making uh, a, a more successful flow out of some of the energies that are coming up. So take a look in your own charts. Look, oh, here's the symbol for the sextile. It looks like a, an asterisk, right? So you're going to look for that symbol and you're going to look for this symbol, the K on its back, right? Those two symbols, the sextile and the semi-sextile, to give you a clue as to what planets might be under pressure from uh, Capricorn to Aquarius to Pisces to Aries and to Taurus, okay? Heads up right? There's nothing like having a heads up and being able to learn something about yourself at the same time. Uh, okay. So Tom, everybody's saying hi to Asa. Hello to one another questions. So JLo having Jupiter in my natal chart, will it be supercharged with blessings? Heck yeah. It's always supercharged with blessings. It's just about whether we see them as such or not. Um, uh, maybe the hidden 12th house coming out. Uh, possibly that depends on how all of that is. So, so personally, you all have an activation going on <clears throat> as we move into 2022 from the Capricorn part of your chart, wherever that is, wherever it lines up to the Taurus part of your chart. So that's where a lot of work is being done. And <clears throat> it's not quite half the chart, 
uh, but it's a good chunk of the chart, right? Where that's all happening. Now, because a lot of the planets that are there are more of the collective planets, it might not be personalized unless you have something in that sign that it connects to, that the transiting uh, Uranus, Neptune, Jupiter, uh, Saturn, or Pluto connect to. That's hard to tell, except by having your own personalized astrology of 2022 reading, which is offered right now at a discount of $89. Um, so you can certainly get to that. It's also on my website on the homepage right after <clears throat> the webinar. Holy cow. All right. I think I'm done talking for today. So let's pull a card, right? Let's pull a card that is going to give, I'm going to do an animal card because you know me, I love animal cards. <clears throat> let's get an animal that's going to get us through this week. And um, don't forget, you can still, if you haven't yet, get a ticket to the webinar tomorrow, which even if you can't attend live, remember there is a recording. And I also sent the slideshow. I also put it in audio format so that if you uh, are someone that likes to put it, you know, or listen to it in your car, you can do so. Ah, we, oh, I love it. The dove be at peace or be peace be peace be it be peace that is card number 21 which is a three lovely lovely card lovely let's see i don't think we've ever had this one for as many times as i've pulled cards here be peace with her peaceful cooing the gentle dove spirit invites you to embrace the energy of peace and allow compassion to warm your heart you always have the power to generate peace within you and the appearance of dove spirit is a reminder that today and every day is a good day to meditate, to quiet any turbulence within as you embody tranquility. Above, below, and all around you, much may be happening to distract you, but you are called to engage it with the heart of a peacemaker, asking yourself, what would peace do? Can you agree to disagree? The peace you seek rises within and spreads out into the world as spirit sends her messenger to remind you of the beauty of a harmonious existence with all that is. How beautiful and powerful is your compassionate heart. Gotta love it. Peace. Be peace. Don't be at peace. Be peace. Be it. All right, guys, that is it for me. I will see you on Friday with uh, Pia and Colin. We have a lot to talk about with them. I realize that we're coming up to uh, a change in the Aries star point and uh, a lot of great energies that we're going to Venus changing phase twice between the time we talk to them and the next time we talk to them. So uh, we'll have a lot to talk about with Pia and Colin on Friday. Much love to all of you. Take care. I will see you Friday. Bye for now. I'll see you some of you tomorrow. Bye for now.